Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rusty Quill presents...
And here we are. The Brookman Arms, one of the finest apartment high-rises in Blackledge. The two of you shall be very comfortable here. As you'll soon see, we treat our reclamation agents very well. Ah, hello, Archie. Greetings, sir. This strapping young fellow is Archie. He's the doorman, as well as the watchman. He, along with several others, looks after the building at night to see to all that needs seeing to. They will be at your service, should you require them. Everything you'll need, interphones, call numbers, etc., etc., you will find them in your room, the Mercury Room, reserved for visiting dignitaries and such. It's on the 14th floor... You cannot miss it. (laughs) Mr. Botch, the city council member, insisted we quarter you there. I couldn't help but to agree. Now, this is as far as I go, but I will send a car at 7 a.m., and we'll talk more about what will be expected of you. Now, enjoy some well-deserved rest. Thank Thank you, you, sir. sir. I didn't exactly know what to make of Mysterian Gand, though one thing was certain, he was clever. That whole bit about me not being wreck material was clearly an attempt to get my goat, which for a second or two I suppose he did. He was taking a measurement of me, gauging my resolve. It was a softball, but one that tested two batters at once. One, how I responded to criticism, especially when framed in comparison to my brother. And two, how Isaiah would react when his sister was belittled right in front of him. I suspect we both passed the test. He could assess Isaiah as being loyal to duty over blood, to an extent at any rate, and me as willing to question orders when they ran counter to my experience but not to the level of crossing any serious lines. I should have caught on to Gan's game before reacting, but that's why he was an assistant Mistorian and I was a wreck agent. The Brookman Arms was less a building and more a massive black pylon, sleek and shiny. In fact, if it weren't for the banks of lit windows, I was sure the thing would have been invisible at a distance. And the silence of the place... While Gand told us the city was pretty well populated, the only sounds it gave off came from the hum of the streetlights and the occasional car grumbling in the distance. But that was the general vibe of Blackledge. Dead. As I read the place on the way in, I could feel the sweaty clutch of greed and the cold vacuum left behind by vanished morals. The carnage of wealth. Here, the dreams were uniform in content, if not shape. Indulgence, opulence, decadence. The stuff of pigs, all of them sallow of soul, empty of heart, and filthy of mind. And that was the least of what I found disturbing. Dreams like glowing shrapnel sizzled under sleeping flesh. Power fantasies of pain and torture. And of feeding. 
Perhaps equally important, this wasn't the first time I'd encountered such dreams. Archie, the man of many hats, just stood holding the door for us, his eyes cold but wary. He was the very definition of a career security man, probably ex-military. Given his apparent youth, I guessed he was likely part of the bunch who'd been drafted shortly after the darkness, the so-called Diamondbacks, the soldiers who couldn't afford to crack under the pressure of it all. Most of them still ended up six feet under, or worse, languishing in wasting houses. Well now, this is quite the lobby. I feel like I'm about to scale Mount Olympus. Sure is a lot of marble. The inside of the Brookman was elaborate, to say the very least. Filled with reliefs from multiple eras, mostly dark imagery. Though some of it possessed a touch of humor. The image of Sisyphus and his pitiless boulder placed over the sign to the stairwell. Well, I'd rather not walk up, so... Let's hit that elevator over there. How are you feeling about this whole thing? This job? These screen eaters? I don't know. I've never even heard of the things. Heard of worse, though, and we've both likely seen worse. But it also looks like we're going to have plenty of backup on this. Which isn't so bad, I guess. You were pretty quiet on the ride in. You okay? I was reading the city, checking out the dream scene, I guess you could say. Find anything interesting? This place is, uh... (sighs) Pretty awful. The people here, they're as much monster as anything we've faced thus far. Jesus, the shit money does to a person. What I saw were ghouls. People consumed by greed, debauchery, complacency, perversion. And I saw something else, too. Something I'd seen before. Looks like I just might have had a run-in with these Scream Eaters, after all. And where exactly would that be? Barren Gardens, the Mercy Hill Sanitarium. I got called out there to do a reading on a convicted murderer, and just like with this place, I caught snatches of awful dreams. Machines that tortured people and things that seemed to be feeding on the agony. Gand said these Scream Eaters used, um... What the hell did he call them? Tortuaries. Alien-esque machines that prolong and enhance the pain of whoever is trapped in them. So, what happened? They come after you? No, nothing happened while I was there. In fact, I wasn't even sure the images I saw were of real things. Or just symbols for real things. A lot of times, collective dreams develop their own symbol language. You know, to represent a common idea or local experience. Anyway, since I didn't know what I was looking at, I filed a report. 
Nothing red flag, just that I'd seen some anomalous activity and that it should be followed up on by the appropriate offices. And that was the last of it. I have no idea if anyone acted on the report or not. With all the money floating around the city, you'd think they could afford light bulbs. Feels like we're walking into a giant tomb. <laughs> a great big fancy tomb. The Mercury Room. I wonder if the visiting dignitaries got the lights turned on for them. Lighting up a hallway with my eyes, I could see the opulence of the decor picked right up where it left off in the lobby. Roman arches, marble everywhere, statues and massive reliefs of Mercury. I shouldn't have been surprised that it was the gods' association with wealth that was most highlighted with the works of arts he appeared in. All in all, it felt like we were breaking into a museum at night. There was some lighting, though, mostly accent lights for various pieces of art scattered throughout. As we rounded a corner, Mysterian Gan certainly proved himself correct. There was no way in hell we could have missed our room. Huge decorated gates opened into the Mercury Room, which was more a shrine to wealth than a living space. It was like a portal into some wealthy antiquity, when marble and gold were as common as mahogany and hardwood floors. Enshrined vistas of Mercury predominated, displaying him in a variety of poses, his caduceus always in hand. It was almost too much to take in all at once. Christ, would you look at all this? Looks like we made it to the top of Mount Olympus after all. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? What do you mean? What does? Why guys like Mel and Zeke erect barricades and light up any government people who might blow through. We throw the poor to the dog towns so we can let the rich build monuments to themselves. Perfect sense is another way of saying entirely logical. It's the way the world has always been. Microbes, plants, animals, humans. It's might makes right. And that's absolutely horrible. Which is how you know it's the truth. And you laughed at me when I said we might be doing some good as wreck agents. But you just elevated us to agents of the truth. So you think if we loaded old Zeke and Mel up with cash that they wouldn't cozy up to the people here? Get up to the same perverted shit? Let me tell you something. If you want to know what the essence of a person is, all you do is get them rich. And watch. You know what you'd see? Blackledge. That's what. Wealth is a window into the truth of humanity. What we are when the lights go out. When we can do anything we want. I seem to recall the lights going out, and then you killing yourself just to save your sister. A decidedly non-selfish thing to do. Or were you just looking to cash in on some afterlife rewards? You know, the stuff you atheists don't buy into. While it's probably more than fitting we debate ethics in front of all this Greco-Roman architecture, I'm going to bow out before you start quoting Kant or Hegel. Besides, I'm not wealthy. That's still a loss in my book, which means I get the biggest bedroom. That's the most logical thing you've said today. The biggest bedroom should go to the one who can actually use it.
I didn't like Blackledge back in 05, and I sure as hell didn't like it now. And I sure as shit didn't like being this close to the brass. I thought I'd left those days behind me with Jericho and all the squatting I did. I wanted to be an independent, left to myself to determine how I went about my business. Now I got this smug Mysterian trying to play head games with us, talking shit to my sister while I choked down bourbon. I fucking hate alcohol. Well, I'll accept Cajun Mary's, and that's just because of my fondness for the spicy stuff. I'll take a tall glass of chocolate milk before booze any day. If Mr. Sugar was actually my brother, then we had at least one thing in common. A sweet tooth. Normally, I'd be out and about at night. But the stuff I was hearing about these scream eaters had me glued to the living room. Which wasn't so bad, considering it was the size of a house and filled with more books and busts and paintings and figurines you could shake a stick at. It was especially nice once I lit a few braziers and candelabras. Despite what Gan said, I knew my sister didn't need me on guard duty. I'd seen what she could do, what she was capable of. But none of that meant a damn thing to my OCD. To leave was to invite paranoia and guilt. (laughs) I could face off with a guy who could burn down entire cities with just the power of his insanity. But guilt and paranoia could take me no-handed. And then there were the uncontrollable thoughts. The images they'd... or I'd conjure. I could see Romy screaming inside one of those tortuary doohickeys. Blades and spikes pushed all through her. Her face slowly going placid. Spikes emerging from her eye... Jesus Christ, I hate my head. Uh, I didn't need exopsychotics or nightchrists to kick my ass. My own brain did a better job of it than any of them ever could. I spent the night going over the materials left in the room for us, which weren't much. Just some security patterns for the building, a map of Blackledge, passcodes for the city database, some basic background on the city. But there was one thing I was glad to see, a voice recording from Team 27. I didn't notice any of the usual government markings, so apparently it was sent personally by Dr. Bowley or someone on his team. Half of me was all for making them our personal research unit, especially after all the hell they went through on our behalf. The remaining part of me wanted to spare them the hell they'd likely continue to go through on our behalf. But all of me realized that it, uh, well, it didn't really make a difference upon whose behalf they'd be put through the ringer, because they'd be wrong no matter who they ended up schlepping for. Might as well be for the Stroud twins. Greetings. This is Team 27 leader, Dr. Mercer Bowley. Firstly, allow me to congratulate you on your promotion to reclamation officers. Upon being alerted to your recent mission into the city of Marrows, I must say, having had my own personal experiences there, I was both surprised and elated to hear of your unequivocal success. You have all our gratitude and admiration. As to the least imperative matter I wish to communicate, 
we were informed that you would be requiring a permanent unit for your various research needs. And, naturally, Team 27 would be enormously grateful to continue working with you. However, regardless of your decision, and my principal reason for reaching out, is that I have been made aware, through various channels, that your next mission may bring you to the city of Blackledge. Thankfully, I've never had the misfortune of travelling to the accursed place. However, I am familiar with what lurks its shadows and alleyways, and I want to warn you. During my tenure at Cobwood and Jacoby, I was at one time working on a malpractice case involving Endless Pine Sanitarium. As you are likely aware, that case became crucial to the subsequent legal efforts putting an end to the corrupt institutional practices that so heavily defined the Wasting House era. Given all of this, and if it should be of some assistance to you, I am sending along the most informative discovery I recorded concerning the Endless Pines case, or, I should say, the most informative discovery I was able to make a copy of. As most of the Endless Pine tapes were confiscated by various authorities, I would greatly appreciate that you destroy the copy in your possession as soon as you've finished with it. I do hope this proves helpful to you in your current endeavor, and may you prosper in your new capacity as Reclamation Officers. Well, that about makes up my mind. Welcome aboard the Stroud train, Dr. Bowley. Now, let's hear this tape of yours. Wednesday, May 3rd, 2004. Attorney Mercer Bowley, on behalf of Cobwood and Jacoby, taking the statement of a one Gregory Withrow, patient at Endless Pine Sanitarium, who alleges serious mistreatment by the psychiatric staff. I'm sorry, sir. No writing implements allowed in the sanitarium. Very well. Here you are. Now, Mr. Withrow... Would you please tell me, in as much detail as you can, precisely what happened to you while in the care of the Endless Pine Sanitarium? They killed me over and over and over again. But they kept me from leaving, leaving my, my body an elixir. Of a venom prepared from his body. The blood of the cruel one who came. He was called the, the way of pain. He came from beyond the wailing gates. They kept all of us in machines. Horrible, 
horrible machines <laughs> made from from pain frozen solid devices that distill the agony with blades and acid and bugs <laughs> it's rusty metal knives sawing open my skull back and forth <laughs> back and forth little clicking sounds the bone my skull flaking and cracking they opened up my head filled it with giggling leeches I could feel them I could feel them filling and squirming and laughing around in my brain <laughs> and then they close it up again my head the leeches still inside whispering and laughing into my skull they drank my thoughts the painful thoughts gave me new ones over and over the leeches they kept my mind from breaking I couldn't escape even into madness my mind my soul my skin it was all theirs <laughs> you mentioned someone some thing the way of pain that came to the asylum what was it what did it look like he, he came through the pain in the walls, in the air, in the dirt, in the skin. The wailing gates that scream open into our world. They all, they all bowed to him, shook at the sight of him. Lungs for wings, knives for eyes, a walking, <laughs> breathing scream made from all the painful, bleeding flesh. He slowly pushed my eyes inside my skull with the leeches so I could see and feel them sucking and squirming and laughing. He whispered into my ear after ripping it off my head. He said, You will know pain, and you will scream, and I will drink of it. Even long after the stones of the earth have forgotten your name, Gregory Withrow. <laughs> I am dead, and they're still eating me. They're still eating me! You'll have to leave now, Mr. Bowley. My God, what's he doing? Help me, will you? Before he tears his goddamn eyes out. 
Help! We need help in here! Jesus Christ! Put the fuck out of those things! What are The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Maltopia, head over to Maltopia.com. Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.